Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. Me and my wife, Jake and Bethany, my brother-in-law, Henry Travis, sister-in-law, Joy, he was from originally from Marion, his mother, their two children, and another child. And as the video Brother David made, there were several, several weeks that we came and we had nobody in church on Sundays. Thankfully, the midweek service, the Thursday, we had somebody there almost every week, Sister Chastity being one of those. At that time, she did not come to Harvest House. She went to Star Bethlehem, our home church. And that Sunday, the Lord gave me a sermon that I felt to preach, and, and I did. I preached it to Cheryl Tuck, our kids, and the, their kids. So I had my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and his mother and I think his son Heath was out front there with us that following Thursday still nobody from Marion came to church and but we had some more people there Sister Chastity came and did you bring your mom and Dwayne and Betty that service not Dwayne and his mama probably I think it may have been, regardless, Sister Chastity was there. And some from my, my brother and his church was there. I preached the same message again because nobody was there. It was from Sunday. And I thought and I prayed about this relaunch service today. The Lord prompted me to preach that very sermon once again. Now, it won't be like that Sunday was. I don't even remember exactly what all I said that Sunday. But that thought and that theme is why we came to Marion. That thought and that theme of that sermon is my heartbeat for this city. And that thought and that theme is exactly what each and every person in this church today needs. I want to read one verse of Scripture. It's not the scripture I read that Sunday. I've revamped it. I actually kind of preached this sermon in another kind of way here several years ago, but I'm asking that the Lord would help me take me back to that first week and I could share with you today my burden for what I still feel that we need in this city. I'd ask you to stand for the reading of the word today. This... Um, I know a lot of people don't do this. You may not understand why we do this, but we do this to honor the Word of God. It's a tradition that we've always done, and people is, uh, haven't been doing it. It's probably because you don't know. And I'm just asking that you would. Today, I just have one verse of Scripture. I actually was going to read 11, so you got off easy. You won't have to stand as long. I just decided just to read one. It's found in the book of Genesis. It's probably behind me, I'm guessing. Exodus 3 and verse 11. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? 
Lord, I'm asking you to touch today. I ask you to touch every person here. 16 years ago, as I stood in that storefront, I had no idea, God, what today would look like. I envisioned it, Lord, but it still yet it's not what I envisioned to be. But what I do know, God, is the, still the same burden you gave me then is still here. And there's people that need you today, God. And I'm asking that you would touch each person, each life, each heart here today. You would help me to share my burden passion. And that everybody in this congregation, no matter how old or how young they are, no matter whether they claim to be saved or they're not sure what they are, that you would let them feel, God, what you placed in my spirit today. And you would captivate this audience, not with my words, but with your spirit today. I ask today in the wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Moses is probably the most well-known, one of the most well-known people in the Bible outside of Jesus. I would think I might would be wrong. He probably is one, arguably one of the greatest figures in the Old Testament and possibly ever to have lived. Moses is the one, no doubt, you probably have heard about the Red Sea, if you know anything about the Bible, that the Red Sea parted and they walked across on dry land. Moses was the leader. He's the one that led the children of Israel out. I think everybody in here knows something about the Ten Commandments. Moses is the one who uh, brought the Ten Commandments off the mountain. Moses was one of the most, probably greatest men that has ever been. Moses gave us the first five books of the Bible. God inspired him. God spoke to him, Sister Penny. Somehow, some way, God gave him the words to write down. But in all Moses' greatness, it didn't start out like that. Moses didn't start out like that. Moses started off being adopted. I honestly don't know for sure if anybody in here is or is not adopted, and it does not matter to me if you have been or haven't. But today, if you find yourself in that place, um, maybe, let's just take, I, I'm just going to do what I feel today with this. Maybe it's even that place that you're, you're not necessarily adopted, but you feel like, your parents necessarily didn't have nothing to do with you, so you found yourself in an awkward situation. Or maybe your, your mom or your dad went off and left you, or maybe you lost a parent at an early age. Moses could re relate with you. Because Moses, during that time, it looked like he was going to die, and his mother, his mother made sure that he didn't die by putting him in an ark in the Jordan River. Just give me a second. I'm going to try my best to talk to us here today. Moses was not perfect. Okay? Moses, matter of fact, he, he couldn't speak very well. The Bible lets us know that he couldn't even speak very good. And Moses, matter of fact, he killed somebody one time. 
I'm talking about this great Moses guy. He even killed somebody, thinking he was doing the right thing. So when the Lord came to Moses, you look at the verses before this. Anybody ever heard the, the story of the burning bush of Moses? This is, this is the guy, same guy. He's seen a burning bush. And God said, okay, Moses, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt. That was the children of Israel, the Jewish people. And Sister Penny, Moses looked at, he looked at God or he looked at that burning bush and he said this question right here in this verse. He said to God, after God said, after God said, Moses, I want you to do great things. God, Moses looked at God, Brother David, and had this question for God. And this is the title of what I'm going to preach today. It's the same thing that I preached 16 years ago on that first Sunday and that first Thursday. Was Moses said, who am I? Moses knew what kind of messed up man he was. Moses knew that he wasn't raised in his natural birth home. Moses knew that, that he, had, he couldn't talk very good. He couldn't talk plain. And he had to, uh, theologians think he had a speech impediment. He, and he couldn't speak very well. And, and sometimes when I'm up here preaching, I feel that way. Especially if I say a word wrong, my wife looks at me. <laughs> but the whole point is, he, since Chassie, he was messed up. His world was messed up. So when God looked at him and said, Moses... I want you to lead my people out. Moses said, Who am I? And today, I know there's some people in this place today, and I think that's why God sent me to Marion, Kentucky, because there's a whole lot of people that question, Who am I? Why would God even want me? My mom and daddy didn't want me. My spouse didn't want me, so I found myself divorced. Uh, my family, Friends, I'm a reject. Uh, people think I'm this and they think that. I'm, uh, I'm all kinds of things. I think nobody even wants me. I can't do anything right. I, I mess up all the time. I make all kinds of mistakes. I've been told my whole life I'm a mistake. And this is kind of where Moses, where he found himself. And all of a sudden, God looked at him and said, Moses, I want you to lead my people out. And he began to question, who am I that I could even do that? And today I'm looking at people, no matter how old you are or how young you are, you're feeling that same thing. Well, who am I? Amen. I I'm a reject. I I'm, in that, I'm in that crowd at school where, where it's not the cool crowd. Or, or, or you, know, I, you know what, everybody thinks I'm a this or I think I'm a that. I don't know who I am. But i got news for you today. There's a God that knows who you are. There's a God that created you. I got, I got, I got notes up here that probably won't even do me any good today because I just want to talk to my heart to a group of people that, that some people may think our church is a, a misfit church and it, it's just that church has got a bunch of kids that run around or maybe they don't look like everybody, all the other apostolic churches or whatever. I don't care what people think about you or how they look at us. It doesn't matter to me. I know what God sent me to Marion, Kentucky to do. To find a group of people that are absolutely awesome and God created you for greatness. He created you for great and mighty things. 
Who am I? You might be questioning that today. Who am I? And this is, this is a theme of our world right now. You know why I know that? We live in a generation that has a huge identity crisis. Oh, come on. I'm going to go there today. And I'm going to talk about it. Because this area needs to hear what I've got to say today. There's an identity crisis in our world. And there's, there's no more, more relevant than right here in the little old town in Marion, Kentucky that's stuck up in a hole 11 miles from the Cave in Rock, Illinois. There's, a, there's an identity crisis that's going on right here. You know why that? You know why I know that? Because the devil is fighting this City, this area right here was making you question even how you were born or how God identified you when you were even born. I'm all right. I'm going to go talk about it today because we're going to talk about it everywhere else, and that's all right. And you need to know there's a question that the devil's trying to get you to question Who are you? You're not worthy to be saved. You can be anything you want to be, you can act any way you want to act, you can do anything you want, and it doesn't matter. I come to tell you today God created you for greatness, God created you for more, God created you. Oh, come on. I'm going to go there. I've seen you when you got up here and you got in a mic. I didn't get to see if they told me about how you got in a microphone and you read uh, that verse and done so good. And you were the one over there yesterday that was uh, reading the verses, reading good and plain. Yeah. Look, son, you're a lot more than you're making yourself out to be right now. Not that you're not a nobody now. You're an awesome young man because you respond probably better than any other young person in this church because there's hardly not a time you don't hit that altar and begin to pray and seek God and you're usually the last one to get off that altar. You know why? Because somewhere inside of you, you're questioning, who am I? And it doesn't matter about your, your life, where you come from, or where you've been. It doesn't matter where, where you come from. It matters where God planning on taking you, and you are more than you say you are. Yes. Amen. It's a question that's been asked through generations. Amen. The psalmist wrote, Psalms 8, 3 through 4, he said, When I consider thy heavens the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visit him? Have you ever just questioned God? Why? I question it all the time. God, why? Why did you call me to, to preach and pastor a church? By nature, I'm shy. I hate doing this sometimes. I'd love to be sitting back there. I don't like doing this always. But this is where God, why? Why has he put me here? I don't know. I guess to be able to meet awesome people like y'all. To be able to be a part of your life. And your dreams and your hopes. Amen. But why did he choose me? He could have picked somebody else smarter and better. I waited till I was 25 before I started preaching. Why? I should have done it sooner. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm talking from my heart today and let you know. Who am I? Everybody's asking that question. The psalmist asking, who am I? God, why would, you even, why would you even consider me? Job, we talked about him a few times. Job said this in Job 7, 17. What is man that thou shouldest magnify him, that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him? Job wanted to know, why? King David said, Lord, why did you ask me to be king? Why? I'll tell you why today. Because he doesn't create junk. Everybody in this place today, He created you with so much purpose. Listen, we only got one shot in life, okay? One shot. 
And what we got to understand is God is fighting for you. Sing that song every once in a while. God is fighting for you. He is fighting for you. And honey, an angel is going to go back with you this week. Amen. I feel that in my heart. You're not going to go by yourself. He's fighting for you. Young people, he's fighting for you. Ellie, God's fighting for you, honey. There's greatness in you. I see it. There's greatness in some of you. There's greatness in everybody here. But the, the problem is we're questioning. Who am I? I've messed up. That's what people's thinking. I messed up, preacher. I've been, I've been through divorce or my mom and dad walked away or my mom or dad, I don't even know who they are or, or, or maybe my dad or mom died early. I don't know who they are. I don't know who I am. I don't know. God help me. Who am I? This is why God sent me to Marion, Kentucky to help people figure out who you are. You're more than what you may think you are today. God created you for greatness. Come on, young person. Don't waste your life on drugs and alcohol and relationships that God don't ordain. Amen. Amen. Don't waste your life on that. Life's too short to spend it and not in the right fellowship with God. Come on, adults. You may have come to this late in life, but God, if God seemed fit to even allow you to be saved, He's got a purpose for you. Yeah. And I don't understand. By, by and large, my life has been good, all right? By and large, my, life, my mom and dad, they wasn't divorced. I had mom and dad. My dad got killed when I was 23 years old. In a hunting accident. Most of y'all know that story. My dad accidentally shot by his dad. I've had some hard things in my life. I, I, I will say that. The last two years, three years of my life, my mama didn't even know who I was because of Alzheimer's so bad. The last seven, eight years, I'd, I didn't have my mom. I lost to Alzheimer's. But by and large, I've had a pretty good life. But I've had my share of heartaches. But then I look at some of you other, some of you sitting here today. My life's not been nothing like yours. You've been to hell and back. It's been you shouldn't have had to went through some things you went through. Some of you kids shouldn't have to endure some things that y'all have had to endure. Your little innocent eyes shouldn't have to see the things you've had to see. It's just every not everybody has to bury two husbands. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm just trying to be real. But I know there's kids sitting here today. Grandparents are raising you. And there's grandparents here today raising their kids. I didn't have to go through that. But yeah, you're going to have to go through that. So you might be questioning, why God? Why would you even call me to do anything and be anything? I'll tell you why. He doesn't create junk. Amen. And He created you for a purpose. And, and, and Sister Valma, I can't reach everybody because I've not been where some of y'all have been. I had a good daddy. And I know that he was raised without his daddy. 
But look what God's done. He's teamed him into my family, into the ministry of this place. And if you've not had a, uh, a daddy that was always there, he's in his life now, thank goodness. But if you've not been there now, God, I can't relate to that. But guess what God's done? He's placed him in that place where he can be who he is, how God created him to help you that might not have that dad. I'm just telling you, no matter what you're going through, no matter how life may be, God allowed, or He is using, it's a better way to do it, uh, using whatever you've been through your life to mold you and make you into the person He's called you to be. And you may be sitting here today thinking, who am I? I'm going to tell you who you are. You're a child of God. God created you with greatness. He loves us and He wants to use us in a great way. Amen. And He's going to use you in a great way if you will let Him. But brother, Moses, brother, brother David, Moses can give us an idea of something we need to do. And this is why so many people don't figure out who they are. Alright? Let me say, let me just go here for a few minutes. And I know I'm standing between you and pizza. And guess what? I'm hungry too because my belly's growling. So I'll hurry up. My bowl of cereal's running thin. So hear me. When Moses stood before the Lord and said, Moses, you're going to lead my people out. You know what the first thing Moses, God told Moses to do? Does anybody know? Take off your shoes, Moses. I need some new shoes. You may want to buy me some. It's fine. Forgive my toe. You see that? I had a toenail cut off. It's leaking. <laughs> you know what? You know in my opinion why he said, Moses, take your shoes off? You're on holy ground? Because Moses had walked down some places in his life that God wanted Moses to forget where he's walked. And the reason some people can never figure out who they are because the bad things that's happened in your life and the stuff that you had to go through, you will not let go of it. And God said, okay, Moses, for you ever to become what you need to be, you need to recognize you're standing before me in a holy place, but you got to take your shoes off because you don't need those no more. You don't got to walk down that path no more. Yeah, I, I realize that your mom and daddy maybe didn't love you or you think they didn't love you, but they went through some hard stuff too because everybody does something for a reason, all right? Everybody goes, everybody responds because the old saying is hurting people hurt people. And you realize if somebody's hurting you, they've been hurt themselves. And we got to get beyond that stuff. He said, Moses, take your shoes off and kick it to the side because you're going to walk in places that those shoes don't need to be walking in. You don't pick up that trash that you used to walk, that the places you used to walk in. Forget it. Forget that hurt. Lay that hurt to the side. Go away. Leave it alone. Come on, I know some of you, you, you feel like some things in your life has is, is defined who you was, and this is what Moses, he felt like things defined him, but God said, okay, Moses, I'm going to fix it for you. Get your shoes off, because that's not who you are. That road you walk, that's not who you are. 
And if we're ever going to figure out who we are, that's the first thing we're going to have to do. We're going to have to realize that God don't want us to be walking over and over in those same shoes, those same things we were walking in. Come on, if you need to forgive somebody, forgive them. If you need to let something go, let it go. God wants to help somebody today. Come on, Jeremiah 1 and 5 said this. God said to Jeremiah, He said, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Do you know before you were ever formed in the belly of your mother, God already knew what He had planned for you to do. He already knew that. That's why abortion is so wrong. Let me just talk about it because they're going to talk about it. Let me talk. That's why abortion is so wrong. Because as soon as that baby is formed, God already knew who they was. He already knew who they was. And the moment a person takes the life of that child, they're, they're committing murder. It's not even my sermon, but somebody needs to hear that today. God knows you. But you've got to know who you are. Amen. And you've got to realize that God didn't create junk. He created you for a purpose. He created you for a reason. He created you for greatness. He created you, hallelujah. And, and, and I know that we may be questioning today, who am I? Let, let, me, let me read another thing that I, I wrote. I put some notes down today. I don't even know why I did it, but here we are. Before Moses ever took his shoes off, and this is where some of you are right now, he's seen the burning bush. He's seen the bush burn. And here's the thing. In the desert, bushes were always burning, okay? They'd catch on fire all the time because it was hot, it was dry, and a bush would just catch on fire. But what caused attention, Tristan, was that the fact that it burned, but it was not consumed. He's like, something's different about this bush. Sister Chad's just like, it's burning, but it's not consuming. And that's why some of you are here today, because you realize there's something different about that church. I might go to other churches, but there's something burning in there, but it's still going. It's not stopping. See, this is what this world will do. It will consume you. But Moses seen something, Sister Michelle... He's like, it's burning, but it's different. Something different there. And the first thing the Bible says that Moses done with Sister Brittany when he seen that burning bush, the Bible said he turned aside and he went to it. And the reason some today can't figure out who they are because you need to quit going the direction you've been going and you need to turn around and go towards that thing. That's why when I, when I was asking, I said, come on, come up here, somebody come pray. That's why God's going to do something special for you today. Might not have been rolling in the floor and running the aisles today, but God's going to bring a peace to you that you're going to, it's going to help you a little farther. May not be all the answers today, but God's going to help you. If we'll just turn to the right direction. And Moses turned to the right direction. And when he did, that's when the Lord said, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. And I, I'm not going to be very much longer today at all with this, but I just, I, I come to tell somebody today, 
You might not know who you are, but God knows who you are. And I want to tell you the best way. Jake can find me Matthew 16, 18. You got a Bible close? You want to hear about mine? Matthew 16, 18. I made notes that I didn't even use today, y'all. It's usually not good. I usually preach too long when I do that, but I'm not today because I'm hungry. And I want some pizza. You want pizza too? Okay. You want pizza? Yeah. Okay. All right. Those who come to the altar today will get first chance of pizza. No, I'm kidding. You. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding with you. Don't. I'm picking at you there. All right. Let me, let me tell you. Uh, go back up. Maybe 16. Or start reading. Let me hear what it says. Simon Peter answered. Simon Peter answered. Oh, go one before that. One more thing. He says to them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. All right. Jesus is asking them, Who do men say that I am? And Peter answers and said, I know who you are. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Go ahead. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. Let me tell you how you're really going to figure out who you are today. And this is why we got a lot of people in this world and in our church particular that don't know who they are. Because you don't really know who Jesus is. And when Peter looked at Jesus and said, I know who you are. You're the Christ. You're the Savior. He was saying, you're my Savior. You're my Savior. That's when Jesus looked at him and said, okay, now then that you know, now then that you figured out who I am, let me tell you who you are. He said, you're Simon. You're Simon Barjona. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's, that was 16, 18 until you go to. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Do you really want to know who you are? There's only one way you're really ever going to know who you are. You've got to figure out who Jesus is. Amen. And there's only one way to figure out who Jesus is. You've got to go to him and you've got to pray and say, Jesus, will you forgive me of my sins? Because there's only, there's, this is what separates us from Jesus, okay? It's something that's a three-letter word. Does anybody know what it is? Who said that? Taylor? Sin. You're right. One thing. That one thing separates us from Jesus is sin. Now, I can stand here today and I can tell you all kinds of things are sin. And if you want to know, I'll tell you, but I'm not going to go there with that today. This right here tells you what sin is. All right? But let's keep it basic today. Let's keep it basic. Here's your basic sin. All right? The Ten Commandments. And we've talked about that a lot lately. And this is what I want to know. Can we as a church name the Ten Commandments? Huh? Shall not covet? Right, hang on. Hold, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Shake and hold your hands up. There's one, no, we got one for sure. Covet. Honor your father and mother. Shall not commit adultery. Shall not lie. Thou shalt not steal. Shall have no other gods before you. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not murder. 
honor the Sabbath day. No graven images. That's actually not one of the. It's it's a condensed one of it, but. Got one left. See, now hang on. Now hang on. I'm proving a point. We're struggling to get all ten here. Now I know I put you on the spot. Now I'm not going to ask for a, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands here, okay? But let me say this today: If in your mind and in your heart you're sitting there going, "Oh God, what are the Ten Commandments?" There's a good chance that that's what's separating you from Jesus. You don't even know the basics of the Ten Commandments. We're good. We'll get in there. What is it? Okay, it's fine. That's it. That's the other one. Is that what you just said too? Both of them. Sisters, both of them just said it. So yeah, that's, it. that's it. That's all ten. Now listen. Listen to me. I want to bring this to close. But you've got to catch what I'm saying. If you're living in a lifestyle where you regularly go against that Bible, and hear me, there's a lot of things in that Bible. But just them ten, okay? If you're lying, if you're cheating, you're stealing, you're taking the Lord's name in vain, idols, Oh, somebody says, I'm not worshiping the idol. I'm not going to get in the sermon with all that stuff, but this is the biggest one. This is one of the biggest ones we deal with in our generation right now because we got a great big idol. It's called a phone. If you spend, how many got iPhones? Do you get your notification today how much time you spend on that? Two hours and 15 minutes. Now, you don't have to tell me, but here's my question. Here's my question. If you spend tremendously more time on that phone that's not related to a church activity because I realize sometimes you're reading your Bible or studying on that phone. But if you're spending more time on that phone than you are with Jesus, it has become an idol and you've broken that commandment and that breaks fellowship with Jesus. <laughs> okay. Stand with me. Bethany, come. Let me rein you in for a second, okay? Shh. Listen to me. This is an important part of this service today. There's some of you young people and adults alike sitting here today. You desperately... You desperately want to see something great happen in your life. You desperately want to see something great in your life. God sent me to Marion to help you figure out who you are.
there's only one way you're going to figure it out, okay? You have to be born again. What does it mean to be born again? The Bible says in John 3, 5, Jesus said this, except a man. Anybody, can anybody finish it for me? Born of the water, of the Spirit. See, you can repeat it. Most of y'all know. Some of you don't. Most of you know. Now, can we go farther in there and know what that means? Acts 2.38. Then Peter said, Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus for remission. See, you know this. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, here's that's the scary part to me, folks, is when we know it and we don't practice it. But today, if you have never repented of your sins and you're desperately want to know who I know who no, this if this is you, you're desperately saying, I want to know who I am today. I can show you how to figure out who you are. I want to introduce you to Jesus. How do you really find Jesus? You get the revelation that, that Peter said. You're my Savior. You're my only hope. And today, if you have never, Tristan, if you've never repented of your sins, these altars are for you to come pray on. I'm talking about really repent. That means I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. And then if you've never been baptized, you need to be baptized. There's no way around it. Come on, I, I want somebody. This is why we're here. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be a Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Let me say this. This is not just for adults or for some of you young people need to learn how to use this altar. Come pray. Come ask Jesus to forgive you. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. It's the only way, according to the Word of God, that anybody was ever baptized. And He will fill you with the Holy Ghost. That's His Spirit coming inside of you. We'll know that because you will speak in other tongues. You hear here all the time people speaking in tongues. And this this is what God wants today. That's why He sent me to Mary, Kentucky, where we can see people repent and be baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And then they get to being introduced to Jesus. And Jesus says, I've been waiting for you. Now then, I'm going to tell you who you are. You are awesome. You are mighty. I've called you to be a missionary. I've called you to be a bus driver. I've called you to be a Sunday school teacher. I've called you to be a musician. I've called you to be a soul winner, a prayer warrior. And God will show you what you need to be doing. But come on, we got to be willing to do what Moses does. Turn aside. First, that's us going, turning towards Jesus. Kicking off our own shoes. And that's for pity. And doing away with our own life. And then we'll be willing to be baptized and bury their own life. And he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. Come on. I know I didn't preach this sermon nothing like this. The first time I preached it. Or the second. But I know that's why God has got us here today. Some of you. I'm going to say this. I'm trying my best to shush. Some of you sat down when you really felt like walking up here and praying, but you were afraid. Don't be afraid. 
you won't be by yourself. We'll pray with you. ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Would you come ask Jesus to help you? I'm going to be down so we can get on. Please pray. You want to know who you are? There's not but one way. It's not going to that relationship. It's not, it's not uh, going to that website. It's not doing this. It's not doing that. There's only one way to know who you are. You've got to know who Jesus is. It's the only way you ever know who you really are. Don't live a lifetime and never know who you are. things.